This is The Boys Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're wrapping up season two of The Boys, and we're going to be giving away our pub quiz goodies. I feel so stupid. I gave my whole life to nothing. That's not true. Mom, the good guys don't win. The bad guys don't get punished. What we do means nothing. It's just all for money and... I am in the middle of all of it. Alone. Honey, you're not alone. You're not. Let's go away. You and me. Let's let's get away from all of this. Get away from thought. Escape for a while. Mm-hmm. I cleared it already. You cleared what? With, with Ashley at Vaught. You called them? Y- yeah, about an hour ago. Why? Mom, they, they could be looking for <laughs> Welcome back, boys and girls, to our discussion about The Boys Season 2. We're going to be closing out our wrap-up, I suppose, uh, for this season. Yes, I did use a sample from The Boys that I've used before, uh, probably because I love how I was able to connect our theme tune to uh, <laughs> to Starlight getting smacked into a table. Um, I do love Starlight, <laughs> of course, but I just like that bit. I'm, I'm quite happy with my editing on that one. So uh, there you go. Use the sample again. Uh, welcome back. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow boys and girls. I'm one of your hosts, John. And rounding out this illustrious group of boys and girls, men and women, folks of all ages, I am Chris. Yeah, great to all be back together talking about season two of The Boys, a really good season of The Boys. We've got tons of feedback from our awesome listeners. Thanks so much for sticking with us for this entire season. This has been a very successful show for us, guys. Uh, we were talking about it a couple of times, our chart positions for this po- for the podcast. I want to give you the final update on where we got to throughout our podcasting this is do do we get it like a gold medal and the national anthem i do wish they'd send us out some kind of award for this because i'm very happy we got to 25 in the charts of all time after shows that's pretty good isn't it that's pretty cool 25 we are 25 we we are a pony yeah yeah there you go oh very good that's we're top 25 (laughs) yes it still includes 25 yeah yeah, we stayed there for a whole day. Uh, went to number twenty six <laughs> the next day, but that's fine. That's Woo! really impressive. I'm, I'm we broke. Happy. We broke in. Yeah, in that's pe- kind of like a silver medal, isn't it? Yeah, really? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, independent podcasting for the win. Woo-woo. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Especially when the world and his mother has uh, a podcast now. Literally, I, I've yeah. Heard literally, a dog has a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what it's about? I'm pretty sure it's bone related, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I totally want to listen to that now, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I know that that sounds slightly dodgy as well. Bone related. <laughs> like. Well, it's it's the dog and Stormy Daniels both have bone related. Oh, jeebus! Oh uh, no, that's a different type of joke. Yeah, had to take it there, Chris. Thank you very much. But thank you so much to all of our wonderful listeners. You're the ones that got us there. Obviously, we can't uh, can't get there without you listening to us. And uh, thank you for joining us for our second season of the boys. I always say when we get to a second season, we pick up all the lovely listeners that have caught our first season podcast all in one big chunk, and they come back after listening to ten episodes of us talking about the first season. They come back for the second season to see what we think. 
So we've been getting some great feedback, as I said. You guys seem to be really enjoying uh, our thoughts and really enjoying the show as well. I never understand why. Well, no. <laughs> to be fair, my thoughts are pretty rambly in most days. With <laughs> the kooky three amigos, you, you know, I just... If only you could see me thrusting now uh, in in terms of the Three Amigos dance. I was wondering what that was about, because <laughs> I was sitting here wondering what that was about. Yeah, okay. I, t- huh, I, I huh, claim huh, Steve huh, Martin. Huh. <laughs> I am Steve Martin. And I'm not Jeff No, Chase. you're Steve Jobs. Uh, that's true. I am not wearing a... I look like I'm wearing a turtleneck. I'm not wearing a <laughs> For our fellow listeners, uh, Chris is channeling the inner it sort of stereotype at the moment yes for sure <laughs> yes i um, have a beanie i have glasses i have a beard i have a t-shirt but my t-shirt is black but it has a lovely Ike- uh, yes ikea it has a lovely akira um kind of print <laughs> but they can't see it on the video that's right yes <laughs> so this is not a ted talk fellow no. boys and girls absolutely not absolutely not Anyway, let's get into our discussion on this podcast. As I said, this is the last podcast we'll be doing on The Boys for a while. They have been confirmed for a third season. And as we mentioned during our run, they've also been confirmed for a spin-off show for The Boys. We will definitely be covering both of those on TV Podcast Industries. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on TV Podcast Industries. If you're just listening to us on The Boys feed, this will be the last episode you'll be getting over there until those new shows get filmed and then released, which could be a little while. So uh, so please come over to us on TV Podcast Industries. John, do you want to kick us off with a synopsis of this interesting, exciting, and very bloody second season of The Boys? Sure. Billy Butcher lost the boys when he was thrown to a new town by Homelander. He found them again after CIA agent Raina lost her head at the hands of an unknown soup. As Kumiko discovered her superpowered brother Kenji and freed him, the team bumped into a whale controlled by the deep at speed. Kenji was hunted down and killed by the new racist member of the Seven and Homelander's new girlfriend, Stormfront. When Billy finds his wife Becca and her own superpowered son, he hopes to take her away from Homelander's prison, but doesn't want the kid Ryan. Becca refuses to leave, so the boys uncover another alternative to taking down the Seven when they find they've been testing Compound V on adults to turn them into new soups. With the help of Starlight and their former enemy Lamplighter, they get the word out about the project, but Vought is too powerful. Meanwhile, after the Deep hits rock bottom, he convinces A-Train to join a religious cult to get them back into the Seven. A-Train is challenged by the fascist Stormfront and releases her Nazi ways to the world, and Queen Maeve teams up with Starlight and Kumiko to take her down. When she tries to escape and take out Becca, her son Ryan shows how much power he truly has as he shreds her with his laser eyes. But his uncontrolled action kills his mother and Ryan is relocated. As the boys are cleared of all charges, even the ones they did do, they part ways and Huey goes legit by joining the latest challenger to the Seven, Congresswoman Victoria Newman. While Homelander shouts to the world that he can do what he wants, Congresswoman kills the Deep and A-Train's former cult leader. So, boys. The boys. What did you think of season two? Give me, give me your, give me your three word kind of review, if you will. We don't review here, but your three word opinion or your, um, your three word synopsis. 
of your opinion. See, it's impossible to do that kind of synopsis, John's just done at least a, a 30 or 40 word synopsis for the season. So much happened. Uh, I'm intrigued by what happened at the end uh, and how everything closes out because it did feel like the end of the boys and a way yeah. to close out the season. You know, um, I think, John, you mentioned there that they've been cleared of all charges, including the ones they did do. So they all get to walk away and go back to their lives. So how are they going to be able to continue this into well, the third it, season and bring everybody it? back together. That's it. Yeah. It's kind of finished on a picture-perfect uh, kind of note, yeah. really. And, you know, part of that appeal of the boys is maybe how underground they are because mm-hmm. they're, you know, on on the run from both the law and uh, Vought's super um, people. Yeah. And I, that's the interesting thing. That's why I'm really interested to see how it will go. Like, unless it kind of, you know, the season three opens up where it's all kind of crashed and burnt mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, but uh, but having said that, I think it's really intriguing the idea that um, with Victoria Newman and um, Huey working for her mm-hmm. and also potentially the implications on Homelander. I think we discussed it in our last podcast about, you know, will season three we'll see him unhinging yeah. even more so uh, and, and that kind of almost descent into craziness yeah. um so that will be really interesting because you know effectively he has been stripped of his power that's why that lovely um silhouetted batman moment at the end <laughs> it is so good like yeah. both it's yeah. hilarious and indicative of this irreverency that uh, the boys has, mm-hmm. uh, but also it, it really speaks to the fact that, you know, he really is uh, jacking off into the wind. Um, so it, it is kind of going to blow back on him, whatever <laughs> happens. Um, I agree with both of you. I think we're going to get a time jump in season three. Maybe. Be it at least a few months um, to basically move the story forward. I, I think very rarely should shows like this kind of end on a complete happy note. And it seems like they are. And I, I think what will end up happening is very quickly. These, this happy note will be destroyed mm-hmm. and forced back a status quo of what, what we expect from the boys. I think the threads are all there very quickly in that you can see that they, they have been offered a, a platform to monitor uh, uh, to police the soups, a governmental piece. So I can very much see that they will no longer be kind of vigilantes. What they'll probably be just off book CIA, mm-hmm. similar to what they were in the comic books at one point. Uh, back in, like we already know that, like back when they were working with Mallory, they were off books, uh, yeah, etc. Exactly. So I, I, and it's the same in the comics. It's been sorry, same in the show now. It's been explained that they were. Uh, an off the book CIA piece. Yeah. I'd say that's exactly what we'll, they'll, they'll go towards again. Yeah. Cause the offer was put on the table right at the end of, of that episode. We had yes. uh, Mallory saying that to, to Butcher saying we have gotten funding. Newman's going to give us some off the books funding to support uh, us taking the fight, continuing the fight really against Vault. And he doesn't answer at all. He doesn't say one yeah. word to her. That's when he just walks away. 
off to to live out his life whatever way he's going to be doing that but uh, yeah no like obviously we know there's a third season there's no way they're going to be uh, not in the show but I think it's interesting that you could change the lineup of the boys you could have uh, brand new members joining the team as well you know it could be a completely different thing it could be another team led by Mallory waiting for the rest of them to come back and join them or of course uh, as we as we mentioned Huey now working for Newman he may see some of the uh, darker side of her and call the boys back together yeah. so um, that's entirely possible I, I think they'll 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 need a a, a large catalyst mm-hmm. to pull them all back in so th- th- that's the thing yeah and i was gonna kind of ask you about this chris but be very wary that there there yeah. is a spoiler here um so i don't want to spoil what happens but there is i know we had a comic, comic corner with chris all the way throughout the season we've tried not to spoil anything that could be brought into the show in future but i'm right in saying that there is one major storyline for homelander that this could all lead into, where he's kind of leading a fight, which could draw everybody back against him. Yes, that be a, that be a yeah. non-spoiler way to say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the I think that's the catalyst that they're setting up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you say this? Non-spoilery. There's a pinnacle turning point mm-hmm. um, that creates a antagonistic. Civil War. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Take that. What would you will? Be it a Marvel Civil War or a nineteen an eighteen hundred <laughs> United uh, American Civil War. Right. It creates some form of friction between the world and super. Is, is it? Is it kind of like he becomes what he's been fighting against? You know, we've had the the super villains that um, or super terrorists, however you want to describe it, Homelander. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> is it he becomes what he's been? fighting against to an extent or is it simply if it's civil war-y in nature you know is he captain america or uh, is he tony stark well or maybe Cap- slightly more adulterated versions of yeah. that obviously <laughs> if he was captain america he'd be on the right side which he will never be so uh so he's probably closer to iron man without the suit i would say oh, that um, is such a load of rubbish <laughs> but i think Shade. i think the one thing you really haven't seen from homelander really in season one he was kind of under the control of stillwell he was kind of number one maybe not control but he was kind of hidden behind stillwell she did everything to protect him and also try and make her do what Vault wanted him to do in the second season he got his first girlfriend and kind of went along with her plan but what we haven't really seen in these two seasons is him off the leash completely. Nobody able to control them. Remember in this in this ending to the season, what we also saw was he knows Stan Edgar was the one that sent the team in to, to take Ryan back, save Ryan and, and Becca from him. So he's now against Stan Edgar. Even though he's working for Vought again, he knows Stan Edgar's not on his side. He knows there's nobody else there. He's going to be off the leash in season three, I think. I think that's the way they're going to go with this character, where he's able, he is going to do whatever he wants, as he says uh, in that silhouetted, silhouetted Batman moment at the end of season three. So I feel like that's probably the thing that we haven't seen from Homelander, and everybody thinks we've seen a bad Homelander so far, but no. Pior has been able to take care of that uh, yeah. for the most part. I think the world's going to see a much worse side of him. He'll still be able to keep some supporters because he is Homelander at the end of the day, but I think he's going to not care as much uh, for the pure side of things uh, for the, that he has for the first two seasons. So I'll, I'll end with this. There, uh, For all our listeners who are interested, I do suggest reading the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, that they, 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 they are now so different um, that they are just 
they, it's like the Marvel Ultimate Universe and the Marvel Six One Six Universe. Mm. It's they they they're similar characters, but the the stories, the themes, that the, the everything's different enough that you you can enjoy both. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing: uh, uh, hero gasm. Yes, absolutely. I do believe <laughs> that is what will be. And if for the for any of our listeners who read, you'll know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. I believe that will be kind of the opening arc of season three uh, and that does allow for we do know jensen eccles is coming in that's right as um soldier boy Mm -hmm. it starts to make sense from where they're going um so yes uh i i strongly suggest if you're interested read the comic books they're great read uh comicsology definitely has them all up on sale absolutely and one of our wonderful boys and girls is going to be winning a copy of uh, the first omnibus for the boys as well. Yeah. Uh, the winner of our pub quiz is going to be getting a copy of the omnibus. So you'll be able to read along uh, with the first set, I suppose, of the comics. They're really good. Yeah. So overall, happy with season two then? Loved it. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. The only interesting bit that sits wrong with me is that uh, Huey got his happy ending. And <laughs> for this show, that seems out of place. I, I do think there's some there's some feeling and, and we'll talk about it with yeah. some of the feedback that we've got uh, as well and, and we've got loads of feedback to, to discuss some of these other points that we that we won't get to in our little wrap up here but um there is a feeling in in my head that they knew how far they were pushing the boundaries with this show in the first season got a second season pushed those boundaries even further and they talked about it that the writers would come into the room and kind of go right what are we going to do next kind of thing we got to amp this up you know so um, it does feel like they got to the end of season two and went, well, there's no way they're going to let us have a season three, no matter how popular this show is because of how far we're pushing this. Yeah. They got the season three order before season two came out. So um, so now they've got a big job to do to get an, a third season. But I think they were kind of going, what if Horror of Horrors, that's the end of the show. Let's close it all down. And I remember, yes, Huey is back with Annie and that is a happy ending. He's also working for the secret evil soup that he doesn't know about so it's not that happy an ending he thinks he's going legit and he's, he's sitting in the room with someone that can explode heads with a blink of her eyes basically plus so. in fairness huey has gone through a lot so I, to <laughs> me has. this is him just simply catching a break rather mm. than a happy ending given that we're going to get season three so i think yeah. it will all suddenly descend into the slurry pile for him uh pretty quickly uh-huh. um after so yeah it, oh it will it just it it feels if this had been the very end of the the show, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be like, oh, because mm. the the whole thing is. That, <laughs> so you that, don't that like universe... happy endings, Chris? No, I think think the whole universe is bleak. <laughs> it's it. I'm happy he got it. Yeah. I just think they should be very like. <laughs> so you're loving 2020, lovers. then? You... Yeah, I'm like, yeah, they're Starcross <laughs> lovers in like 2020. They, they, it should be Romeo and Juliet. No, <laughs> none of them should get a happy. Who die at the end from COVID? Yeah, as oh. they cough up a lung. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, you know. This is that show, right? That this is that could have been the ending. It isn't the ending, so we know it's not a happy ending because things are going to go bad next yes. season. I am very proud of the show as well to uh, to spread the blood around a bit more this season. Yeah. It's not just Huey that got covered head to toe every episode <laughs> in blood. Everybody got it, especially that whale moment when every single member. Well, of the main exactly. Cast was you were kind disturbing. of thinking, how were they going to top the dolphin moment uh-huh. from season one? And it, it's basically <laughs> weaponized an outboard uh, motorboat, yeah. uh, which I thought was really good. It's pretty good, um, and. And of course, yeah, 
given the name of that motorboat, which we will come to uh, in the pub quiz, mm-hmm. um, it really did insert itself into that whale. It certainly did. It certainly it did. Really did. I, I think that is one of my favourite moments of the season is the, is the whale moment. Unfortunately, it was spoiled because we saw it in the trailer and we saw it back in July. So it was a great moment. I will also say one of my favourite moments of the season, which we probably I don't think we've talked about enough at all, is uh, is the singing guilds of the deep because the deep yeah. is a favourite character. For, I think everybody yeah. here uh, knows the deep has his own storyline throughout the seasons and he's he's one of those kind of favorite characters his storyline is always so different from what's going on but having him on hallucinogens with pat oswald singing songs with him is just a top quality that was awesome excellent excellent stuff yeah <laughs> I, I still can't believe they did the switcheroo there I, they, like we were all positive when they announced the casting of pat oswald he was going to be playing a character called the legend mm-hmm. it, we were all like yeah it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. and nope yeah. and this casting was so much better yeah it was just he just <laughs> had a legendary moment in the show really yeah, exactly. <laughs> excellent stuff um anything else that we want to talk about before we get into our poke quiz and our uh, feedback from our awesome listeners no i want to hear what our listeners say yeah. so let's get to the pub quiz get a drink get a few pints uh wait for all this to blow over <laughs> i like it chris i like it um we're going to do the first four questions then we'll go into some feedback and then we'll do the last four and give out our goodie pack at the end of the episode that, that's a good plan guys look at you mixing it up yeah, yeah absolutely sure that's yeah. fine yeah why not rather than just reading their questions and yeah exactly yeah excellent john let's take a trip over to the pub and get our first answer from our first episode of the boys season two yeah hopefully uh, lockdown has you inebriated after multiple gins whiskeys <laughs> beers wines and cocktails um and welcome back to the boys pub quiz fellow quizzes and boys and girls So here we are. First four questions. Question one. We asked, what cocktail is the deep drinking as he watches Translucent's funeral from Sandusky, Ohio? It is the Lava Flow. That's right. Um, I think six of them, I believe. And I can't say I've ever had a lava flow so i don't know how good or evil they are yeah we got to, to be got honest a, a, a fair few of our listeners have, have pointed out that he had six there and was ordering his seventh so uh, a nice extra bit of detail from our awesome listeners for the for the pub quiz I like that yes um our question two was what family restaurant is billy butcher dropped off at it was Tony Cicero's mm-hmm. chain yes. restaurant. Chain restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, he he kind of suddenly then sees himself uh, being wanted on the news in the yeah. yeah so exactly. dropped off by Homelander, uh, yeah, at speed <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Question three channels the Captain Pugwash, um, if you are familiar with that uh, and his characters. What is the name of the boat that the boys are on? It is, uh, and it's not mine personally, but my big wet dream. Um, yes. <laughs> Channeling Captain Pugwash, as I say, with Master Bates and uh, Seaman Stains aboard the old Jolly Roger, or Neither in this case, existed, my so. big wet dream. <laughs> Neither of which existed. Uh, total, uh, total. Uh, urban, urban, le- urban legend yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn i well that is a shame that is a big shame that is such subversive writing it, i thought it was perfect and now you've just 
Spoiled crashed and burnt my boat into a big <laughs> hunking whale. Oh well, much never mind. like Carl Urban did. Yes, uh, exactly. Um, Last one. And this is the this is the one that kind of threw a few people off because we asked for all three. Well, here. it threw us off in fairness because we didn't quite catch the the correct um, third and final bar that I'll get to. But the question four was: According to Huey, what are the three worst candy bars in the history? Of candy, yes, Willy Wonka would cry. <laughs> um, it is Almond Joy, Charleston Chew, and Bit O' Honey. Wow. Uh, never had any of them, so I can't vouch for their awfulness. No. Uh, but certainly, I hadn't. Um, I hadn't got Bit O' Honey right. I called it Bet O' Honey or something be- like that, which makes no sense <laughs> actually. I think that might have been from the subtitles, though. It could have been. I think a few of our fellow quizzes were saying that Charleston Chew actually wasn't that bad. Mm. Almond Joy, not so nice. And Bit O' Honey was literally the worst. I suspect it has um, hardly any honey in it and is probably as sweet as hell. Maybe, maybe. We did have uh, the one of our wonderful listeners, Donald Dennis, did offer to send us one of each uh, if we did want to taste them. I, I did... <laughs> Uh, politely refuse, um, you know, yeah. see, seeing the reaction from Black Noir to uh, to tasting Am Joy. I know, okay, he has a tree nut allergy, but I get we, it, but we, we uh, could... his reaction and his death from one of the candy bars, I don't want to know. If we did like. get it, we could do an unboxing and live tasting, <laughs> you know, and see whether we vomit into a bucket <laughs> oh, but, or get a sugar high and sort of then become sort of incoherent. Well, that sounds like but lots of I fun. will ask our fellow listeners, what are the best? I want to see what the best are. Just come on to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash TV podcast industries, and someone can just set up a poll or a free form and just throw something in or let us know in your feedback, in a comment, what is the best. Excellent. So uh, so that's me. That Dairy milk. Up the- <laughs> setting that up. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> well, You're welcome. It's Snickers and Reese's. That's that's basically the correct answer. Um, no, that is... No, 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 <laughs> it's Dairy no, Milk. Because then I could say, what about Three Musketeers? Or, more importantly, Twizzlers. Oh, well, there you go. Because if you're a Red Vine, Red Vine fan, you're you're crazy. Oof. Ooh. 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 Um, I was going to say... Uh, fruit salad chews oh so nice they are uh, and uh the licorice one what are they blackjacks blackjacks yummy mm. interesting that's a very uk for our uk listeners yeah because they're no they're only uk and ireland really and, and if we go ye oldy i want a quarter of sweets from the sweet shop like used to do in childhood it would be lemon bonbons or pear drops so you know we're gonna have to just put the restriction there definitely candy bars as well uh, okay so after the first four questions we've been uh well i've been uh correcting the answers here so uh we are down to six of our entrance let's give them a quick shout out because uh very kind of everybody to join us for the uh for the pub quiz i know people really enjoy uh entering the pub quiz so um so thanks so much for everybody that sent in their entrance these are our top six yeah that are left in the game Mm mm-hmm yeah, it is Steve Brown, Sarah Stapleton, Matthew Murdick, Bob Phillips, Dave Horrocks, and Will Walton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So six remaining. 
uh, and we will find out who is the overall champion. Will we have an out and right winner or will we have to do our PWC uh, sponsored uh, names in a hat if we've got multiple people on top spot? Every time I have to tell you this is not PWC rated. Nobody's monitoring, just Chris <laughs> on the other side. It's like the Oscars. <laughs> it comes in a sealed envelope uh, by arms It's going to be like the Oscars and I'm going to give you the wrong envelope. <laughs> 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 but gentlemen with that let's move on to some feedback so of course all of our feedback can come through over on facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries or you can email us at any point to feedback at tv or if you would like to put your vocal talents to the test you can also go on over to po- tvpodcastindustries.com and leave us a voicemail mm-hmm. or you can send us a voice uh, an audio recording and we'll put that on as well absolutely you can send that audio recording to feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com exactly exactly first piece of feedback comes in from Salima Kisler after watching the final episode of The Boys season 2 he says Newman which I love just one word uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense thank you very much for that uh, Andy Gaston says Cindy's superhero name must be The Red Herring I love that. Yes. That is a good, uh, yeah, good call. Sydney, the brain exploding um, test patient uh, who disappeared at the end of the season. We all thought she hopped in a car and went off to uh, to explode some people's heads down in Washington, but it wasn't her. It turned out to be Newman. So, uh, where where would we, where do you think we're going to see Cindy next? Off grid in a log cabin somewhere in the Rockies. Um, I reckon she just wants out of it, like but, Wolverine. Yeah, kind of thing. But I hope she comes back. There's some speculation that maybe that's the setup for the spinoff show, that she may be uh, disappearing from the boys uh, season two and then appearing in uh, the spinoff show about the teen uh, teen superheroes. Ah, okay, cool. So I think it's kind of a cool she idea. It could be that. Yeah. It could be. Leading them astray. She is the, she is the Jubilee. The, she is the rogue from the original yeah. X-Men. Yeah. yeah, or maybe she's the villain for them. Tying it into Ooh. the boys. I think that would be quite interesting. Well, no, we, we know. I say we. We know. No, no, no. I'm going to be quiet. Again, if you've read the comic books, you will know about the teenage kicks and the G-Men mm-hmm. and the, the, the college-like um, teenage superhero world of that comic book world. You'll know You'll know where I'm going with this. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, thanks so much for that, Andy. And thanks again, Salim. Uh, John, do you want to take the next piece of feedback? Yeah. Donald Dennis uh, wrote in and said... I wasn't at all stressed when Kamiko's neck was broken because her healing factor was a known thing. That said, I was fretful about the potential for decapitation because Stormfront would do such a thing and that might be tougher to regenerate from. Yes, possibly. (laughs) I always wonder about that regeneration thing like uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. You know, if you take off his head and bury it somewhere... How how does he regenerate from that? You know, he does regenerate, but can he regenerate his head? Can... Very slowly, maybe. (laughs) But also, uh, if you look at Deadpool in the comic books, Deadpool's head is an actual character, and it kicks off the whole Marvel zombie uh, run, if you remember correctly. That's true. That's true. That is interesting. And you can also actually buy just Deadpool's talking head, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But I have to say, I, I had to ask Derek when we watched it, she does regenerate. Yeah. I, that it was something that had been sort of 
flagged so long ago in the series that I was kind of slightly concerned for a moment, but then realized <laughs> that she did regenerate. But uh, I'm glad some people have got better memories than, <laughs> than myself. Um, oh, no, no. I'm right there with you. I have terrible memory. Yeah. I literally thought she was a, she was a goner. I remembered after the fact. I was like, oh, yeah, when she regenerated. <laughs> exactly. I, like, okay, I definitely had that. Oh, uh, yeah. But then I was, was the whole point. I was like... <gasps> They just killed the female. <laughs> uh, Donald continues, I really thought that Starlight's connection to electricity was going to be more telling in the big girl's fight, perhaps by allowing Starlight to channel the full fury of Stormfront's bolt back at her, perhaps even amplified. I think they really missed an opportunity playing with that combo early in the season when the showrunners were trying to make them an appealing team-up. Mm. Also, and I don't know if I mentioned it before, but why did anyone think Homelander's kid would have the same power as Homelander had? Until the kids used laser eyes, we had no indication that the Formula V would create inheritable superpowers. That's true. Ooh, another possible tip at, at knowledge of heritable powers, Cindy... Could she be related to Victoria Newman? Maybe there is a reason they have such a similar power. Finally, Donald says, just listen to your latest episode. The Fresca thing feels like it's a play on the Mormon issues with caffeine because Fresca doesn't have any. Also, soda was forbidden for them for the longest time. When it was no longer forbidden, rumors spread that they were part owners in a Coca-Cola bottler or distributor. Some folks also said they were part owners of the Coca-Cola company as a whole, but I'm fairly certain that's not a thing. Yes, a bit like Captain Pugwash um, and his fairly um, dubious uh, shipmates. Uh, yes, an urban legend, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but um, That's a fascinating story, though, and if it's, yeah. out, if it's out there, very likely that uh, Kripke and the team took some inspiration for that for the Fresca. Uh, pushing by uh, by the religious cult in this uh, in this show, so that's a really good catch, Donald. Thank you. Yeah, and I really like uh, your two suggestions. I like the idea of Starlight connecting to Stormfront's electricity to really use it back against her. I think that would have been pretty cool as well. And um, yeah, the idea that Cindy, I, I love the fact that this character can sort of yeah red herring may be an appropriate name for her because again it may all come to nothing but i love the idea that cindy could be related to victoria newman and that's her crusade against um the vort uh, empire effectively yeah. Yeah. yeah no that's definitely good we also got some feedback from richard blaze who said wow just wow what a finale genuinely never expected the ending so glad Queen Maeve had something to do as I felt she was being sidelined at times. Although it did feel a tad me too with the woman getting together and the men sidelined. Also, unusually for a series, thought it managed to develop all the characters and an in-depth story into the second series really well. Mm-hmm. Normally they play to what people want, but the boys feels like it's taking its time with everything. And that's really paid off. Can't wait for season three, which will probably come in 2022 by the looks of this bloody pandemic. As a, And I'm really looking forward to how the story progress because it's just so believable. Mm. Thank you so much for that, Rich. Uh, yeah, uh, the piece around kind of like them, it being believable. I think that's one of the best parts about the boys. It, it's yeah. just, it, it, it's take, it's taking the absurd and kind of placing it to what would happen in a, a more realistic 
modern day time, like what we saw a lot of with the kind of the, the, especially with the Stormfront pieces in this. Um, I disagree with you and we're open to having disagreements here, obviously mm-hmm. on the Me Too piece. Um, that for me, it was, it was well deserved moment. It was essentially, it's the boys, but you also have the female and Starlight. They have been as much of a character or characters in season one as they were in this. Mm-hmm. So it felt very much that this was giving them like n- the boys themselves cannot go up against Stormfront. Like yeah. they couldn't, like they would just be killed. So technically, yes, they were sidelined because they don't have the ability to do this. Exactly. Like, so yeah. very much it's, it, it's less a tad me too and more the right thing to do. Exactly. Okay. You had MM taking uh, Beck away on the drive and then you had Frenchie and, and Huey and Frenchie makes the stupid mistake of shouting really loudly. I've got the weapons over there. That's the only thing that can, that can save us. And as I, <laughs> as I mentioned last episode, you probably don't want to say that when you're in uh, hearing range of, uh, of Stormfront because she just blew up the car that had all the weapons in it. So once the weapons are taken away, they have no superpowers. So yeah. there's no way they that's can go true. To yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, and I, I really like Rich's point that I'm glad Queen Maeve was involved here. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like um you know she did have some storyline through this with eleanor uh, and all all of that sort of um issue with homelander but i i'm glad she and i'm glad the writers stepped her up to the plate to work with starlight and uh with kamiko yeah. here at the end and also where she stands up to homelander i think it's really good because it i want to see more of queen mave because um she has been sidelined in the sense that you, I just feel I don't really know her as well. That's mm-hmm. my kind of um, opinion is that I just feel I don't know her as much as say a train Homelander, the deep and uh, black Noir is supposed to be like that. You know, it's kind of part of his character and, yeah. um, but whether he will uh, manage to overcome his coma and uh, possibly lethal uh, nut issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I do wonder like the whole character of Queen Maeve, the, the purpose of her when she was introduced at the beginning of the show was somebody that kind of takes it on the chin almost. She's someone that just sits back and lets everything happen around her and just collects her check and does whatever Homelander needs her to do. So that kind of arc of her getting out from behind that and coming back at the end of the season. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Richard. Really, really good. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips has some feedback for us. He says, been a bit busy, but managed to watch the finale. Oh, what a finale. Feels like it was written in case there wasn't a season three, and it wouldn't have felt dreadful being cut there, but delighted they have got another eight episodes to swing with. So my goodie moment was going to be Girls Get It Done, but my last couple of weeks mean I have to pick Serge's statement, what is the point of life without dancing? (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't, or if you don't follow Dr. Bob over on on Twitter, he is currently uh, doing charity work. He's currently getting some support for his excellent tiktok dancing uh go over and follow dr pop yeah absolutely uh, some fantastic work that you've done well done bob for uh, for doing uh, that support for charity really really good work bob continues my evil moment for the episode well it's another statement from stormfront she says they like the things i say they just don't like the word nazi yep that's a pretty uh, pretty accurate statement yeah. for uh, some of the things that are going on in the world, Bob. Yeah, definitely a good call out. Uh, he also says the head-popping moment was the head-popping of Dr. Kovac turned Pastor Kovac with the unexpected-to-me reveal of Newman the head-popper. Yes. Yeah, that, that was, was a unexpected moment, to us it? all. It yeah, really that, was. That, that was a, that's a good... 
if Cindy was the red herring, I don't even know what to call Newman. Um, uh-huh. the, the kipper, uh, the, the, the smoke, <laughs> the smoke addict. The, the surprise reveal, we'll say. Yes. Um, we were slightly spoiled in this. Should we reveal this, guys? We were slightly spoiled on this. Uh, Amazon did reach out to see if we were available to do uh, some interviews towards the end of the season. We've mentioned this before. Unfortunately, just our schedule doesn't work uh, sometimes for these things. And they asked, did we want to interview the actress playing Newman? And in the press release for the uh, request, it said... Um, seeing how she plays out in the finale uh you'll probably want to interview her as soon after you've seen the finale as possible and all three of us went oh she's gonna have a much bigger part than we think she yeah. has so uh, so that was a slight spoiler we knew there was going to be something big happening at the end of the episode but we didn't uh, put two and two together we didn't expect because she was in that room in the courtroom as heads were blowing around her um and acting so surprised by what was going on we didn't expect that it was her that was doing the uh the exploding so um so yeah good one that speaking of though, that is one thing they'll have to explain a bit more because they'll need to explain her power a bit in season three, and mm-hmm. um, because she was running scared and popping heads at the same time, she so she was, was acting and then popping yeah. heads. But yeah. in the uh, case where we saw her at the end, she had to, she was like glossy eyed. She yeah. had like cloudy, foggy eyed when she was popping Pastor's um, head. But uh-huh. when you look at her in the courtroom scene, she doesn't really have, from what I could see, she didn't yeah. have that kind of fog dye. Maybe she can, maybe she can set a timer. She's like, yeah, you know, uh, one person head popped every 30 seconds uh, and just goes. <laughs> She's popping uh, popcorn. <laughs> person two, person five, person seven, person nine uh, in this order. And then they, and then she runs scared. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Thanks so much for that, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. Uh, Chris Aki goes, I am a bit late to the party, but wow, that was something. And to Stormfront's muttering after Ryan went all Naomi Campbell on her, (laughs) she recalls a happy memory from the past. She went on a day trip with Frederick and Chloe, her daughter, and Chloe held her hand out the car window. They found a place to rest at the river and Chloe ate an apple for the first time. Chris, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for that. I know we were talking about that last episode. Uh, John was trying to reach through his German to work out uh, what German he could pick up. He got two words. I got apple and first time. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. First apple. But uh, but no, well done, Chris. That's really good. My German is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But but it makes a lot of sense for for Stormfront to have that memory. You know, the whole story of the season is how long she's lived, how many people she's lost, including her daughter being, you know, an old old lady uh, by the time she died. Um, So this idea that as she dies, she reflects on her past on a on a happy day for us uh makes sense yeah but she hasn't died that's right yeah yes yeah. there, there is a, a call out actually good 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 one chris yeah there's a call out that uh homelander says that she is has been put somewhere away so maybe in uh maybe in a, another prison uh to regenerate yeah so she's a quadruple amputee but doesn't mean she will stay a quadruple amputee or she could just go all standard superhero and get bionic uh arms and legs put on her we you say see. standard superhero, Chris, but you know, absolutely, she looked like Anakin Skywalker at the end of uh, at the end of she uh, really Revenge did. of the Sith. So uh, I'm expecting her to come out as uh, Stormfront Vader. Yes, yeah. Storm Vader, <laughs> Storm Vader, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Darth Front. Yeah, that doesn't work as well. <laughs> Darth uh, we definitely also not have some <laughs> feedback from Alan Thomas, who says, "Overall, I loved both seasons. It's one of my favorite shows, but I'm a little concerned about the AFOC reveal. Uh, I think where you're 
making a pun on the AOC. Uh, um, ah, yes. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, um, AOC. I Very think good. Sketch A A C. I get it now. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> Alan went on to say, but I'm a little concerned that the AOC reveal is one of those classic cases of writers inserting a twist for its own sake, because it will shock the audience. In fact, Ennis said something along those lines on the Watch podcast that they wanted to cook something up the viewers will never see coming. Mm. I don't necessarily think this is always or even usually the best approach to storytelling. And in fact, I would argue the two best shows of all time, The Americans and Breaking Bad, were guilty of doing this once each, where the twist just didn't seem organic to the story and sprang from a motive of pulling the rug out from under viewers rather than the comprehensible character motivations. Still, as I say, I'm in love with the shows otherwise, and in particular, I can't think of any other show that is channeling now with political memes, thoughts and prayers, rallies, etc. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Alan. Um, yeah, no, so I see where you're coming from, and I agree, mm. the Americans at Breaking Bad did that as well. They were f- a lot further in, if I'm thinking about the, those moments, the same same moments you are, they were a lot further in and that wasn't a way for them to shake up the status quo of those shows. Right. Whereas this one seems that they they essentially, they're inserting another big bad uh, and it's kind of just revealing a a character that you thought was just kind of very much a a C a C list character in the background, mm-hmm. like a bit a bit player, literally a player to get you part from part A to part B, um, as we knew about like to get them to the Senate or to get them to the the judicial hearing, uh-huh. like that that was their in. The this seems like oh no 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 you think that this person has good motivations no 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 you're wrong I can completely see your opinion I just don't think that's what was going. I think the never see coming was we never saw who who it was. Yeah. So they, their whole way, never see it coming. You never would have guessed Victoria Newman as being the head popper. In yeah. That we 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 thought it was Cindy. We thought okay maybe it was an, some other kind of soup for Vought or something. It's we never saw coming that it was no one to do with Vought. It was a character we already met. Mm-hmm. That type of way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for that, Alan. Yeah, some some really interesting thoughts. Um, the one other thing I think that the boys kind of has to struggle against as well, as we've mentioned a few times, that the show is based on comic books. So trying to keep a comic book audience engaged uh, with the show where you're taking the exact path that the comic book took. We saw in season one how much they diverged from that. And in season two, again, picking up a character from the comic books that all people like us podcasters and all the youtube channels that are talking about the boys who are talking about it week to week especially they go oh there's a character that's based on the comic books they don't really do anything they're a bit of a putz i guess would be the american term for the character a bit useless don't really do anything oh okay wow what a twist didn't expect that so that's part of the thing that uh, eric kripke's trying to do he's trying to bring on board comic book uh readers who like the style and ideas in the comic book but not necessarily give them the storylines that they are expected to see it's something that the walking dead does to great advantage where they take characters and give them different deaths or uh kill characters off that that sh- should last the entire season or have characters alive in season 10 now of the show that uh that die should have died like season two of the of the series if they're following the comic book so it's a way of keeping people yeah engaged exactly to the concepts rather and, than and i think we've talked about this when we've covered certainly the marvel uh 
podcasts mm-hmm. and, and TV shows that we've done. Um, it, it's, it's this idea of how do you see the, you know, the, the story and, you know, is TV and, and new writing? Cause, you know, they're basing it off it, but it's ultimately there are creative writers here. Um, and that how much can a TV show, um, feed back into then the comic medium? Um, mm-hmm. and you know, this, this adds a, a different dimension to the original Garth Ennis. And I, I, I quite personally, I quite like it when, um, TV shows do that, um, rather than just simply adhere to, um, the, the storyline within the comic or, or, or whatever, even any, any adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks, Alan. Uh, I think that's, uh, really, really good. Absolutely. Uh, I'll give another call out as well to the audiobook version of the boys, uh, comics. If you don't, uh, want to read the comic books, the audiobook version is really good. It's directly translated from the comics. It's quite a good, uh, production for it. So if you want to read, uh, or want to hear exactly how the book, uh, came together or how the book tells the story, um, have a listen to that. It's a, it's a, a good way of looking at it thanks so much alan yeah and I'll, I'll close out before we go into the next piece of feedback because we're going to go into some email feedback on uh, just in general but the one thing when we talk about comic book adaptations is a lot of the time the storylines that and the writing style that they are adapting is from 10 20 sometimes mm-hmm. 30 years ago so i we we as an audience evolve, be it in comic books or be it in uh, movie, TV, film, any type of entertainment. Our tastes and our expectations evolve, and so do the writers. So something that again, I love the boys' comic book, but it is for, it's a product of its time from like what the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. So it was great for that period, but that's we're now nearly twenty years later. So exactly. the 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 storyline itself needs to evolve to, and the story. So you, as long as you keep core themes, core concepts, things like that, you can still, you can invoke what the, the, you can invoke the original while and pay homage to it while bringing it and making it more relevant. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, thanks so much for all the feedback over our Facebook group. As Chris mentioned, we're going to go over to email now. Some general, or a general email from Heather Wallace, uh, who sent us a message to say, thanks for getting me through lockdown. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Uh, Heather says, hello, Derek, John and Chris from Canberra, Australia. Uh, I found your Umbrella Academy podcast when season two was released and loved your thoughts and insights. Since I agreed with your opinions on that show, it was a hop, skip and a jump for me to watch season one and two of The Boys, a show I'd stayed away from last year. But I decided if you liked it, I would too. And I did. I dive deep pun intended, into that series and your podcast reviews. Now I'm working my way through your back catalogue of shows I've already seen. I'm listening to your Good Omens discussions right now. Happy birthday to Derek for the 21st of October, the same day as the Earth's birthday, as he mentioned in the first Good Omens podcast. I really enjoy your work, wit and wisdom. My Jack Russell doggy is getting so used to hearing your voices that she started wandering around the apartment trying to find you all. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're all well during your own lockdowns. You really helped me get through the last few weeks and I look forward to hearing more. Cheerio from Heather. That's lovely. Thanks so much, Heather. Yeah, thanks so much, Heather. And say hello to your uh, little Jack Russell doggy mm-hmm. as well. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> We're over here. <laughs> and just because this is the last time everyone will hear my, our voice for a while because we're wrapping up on the boys, I'm going to give you my last impression. I've been doing so many different accents throughout our shows. I've We've done German. We've done French. Oh, no. Why not go down under? Cool, blimey. Oh, that- another shrimp <laughs> Bobby. Wow, no, that's, that's um, closer to Mary Poppins. It was more cockney, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. G. Willikers. Nope, that's English still. Uh, where we? What is it? Come on, boys, help me here. Give me a bit of, give me a bit of love. Like, we oh. can't help you, Chris. Uh, no amount of medication or electroshock therapy will cure <laughs> this inability to do accents. I just, in my head, I'm just like, literally, I've got to, got to do an Aussie. Jimmy V. Willikers is what's in my head. <laughs> no, that, is like, like, that is like Cockney English. Please, sir, more Oliver. Oi. Gee, oh, well, dear. Nope, that's I'm really so cool. sorry, Heather, that this is what yes. came into Chris's head. What came into my head was to say thank you very much. For, <laughs> Absolutely. Particularly for the birthday messages. We're just just recording just after my birthday, the day before John's birthday, the 21st of Octo- 25th of October is John's birthday. Yes. Um, so we're right in the middle of two birthdays right now. Uh, thank you so much. I completely forgotten that I'd said on Good Omens that, uh, that that was my birthday. But that's one of the reasons why I love the book. And that's one of the reasons why we covered that series, because it's always cool seeing your birthday in a book being such an important date and i always remember that from reading it as a kid so uh so it's out there now thanks so much feather and happy birthday john yes thank you yes thank you i am another year older Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's okay you don't look a day over 50 ah now well you can go run and jump cheeky ass Thank you so loud on the much, podcast, Heather. Isn't it? Yeah. We really appreciate you. And obviously, yes, we, we are glad as much as we have been helping you guys get through lockdown, you've mm-hmm. been helping us by listening to us, uh, replying to us, talking to us on our socials. Uh, because, yeah, we're all in lockdown in Ireland here at this point in time as we record. And who knows when we will be able to get out. So Hopefully we will December continue. 1st. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. We will December. continue to podcast and talk to people, and uh, be in the background for you. Well, yeah. yeah. Except we are taking a two-week break after this podcast. Shh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll I get think, to that part. Yeah, and, and we, we did say earlier that Chris was paying homage to IT people everywhere mm-hmm. with his current thing, but I, I think we might just ask him to sweep our chimney now after that <laughs> uh, that uh, last uh, Jim, 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 Love us. Hey, if I can be Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, I can be, or am I going to be a Dick Van Dyke? I'm not sure which. I I, I think maybe a Dick uh, Van Dyke. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I I do. I can do the mustache when I want to. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and if I get to be a Silver Fox as Dick Van Dyke, I'm okay with that. What was the TV show he was in where he was like the uh, the murder one? Yeah, the murder one. Uh, it was it was like Perry Mason and Columbus. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh, my yeah. God. Anyway, back to our email. Thank you so much, Heather. Moving on, we also had some feedback uh, from James Earn, who sent in his thoughts to say, what a fantastic finale to a really strong season. For a show called The Boys, I really think it is the girls who have shone this series. Besides the always exceptional Anthony Starr, who I read filmed that rooftop scene for season one, but the producers thought it was a 
step too far. And despite <laughs> that accent, Carl Urban has also created a fantastic anti-hero looking cool with crowbar in hand. Mm-hmm. Stormfront has been a fantastic baddie, while Aya Cash clearly having a ball in the role. And I'm going to have to check out more of her work. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Victoria looks like she will be equally entertaining, but very different villain next season. Even Maeve finally had some great scenes. And I would love to see an extended solo mission for her next season. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the girl fight seemed familiar. And it reminded me of the ending of Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, which might have been what Chris was thinking of, where the three stunt women give Kurt Russell's bad guy a shoeing. That is exactly one of the things I'm thinking of. That is very true when you think about it. But I look back and go, oh, yeah. And that was the one with Rose McGowan had the machine gun leg as well, I think. Uh, yeah. That was the other one. That was Planet Terror. The yeah, first that was half Planet of Terror. The, of Death Proof. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was uh, a grindhouse, uh, wasn't it? Grindhouse. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know, I was editing... Uh, grindhouse. Yeah, I was editing our finale podcast. And I remember the discussion, Chris, um, when you were saying that effectively every all the heroes had been beaten and they all come back together and beat the villain at the end. And when I was editing the podcast and listening back, I was going... Does Chris mean Avengers Endgame? Is he talking about that <laughs> massive movie, the biggest movie of all time, where all of the heroes are beaten and the second time they go and face the guy, they all team up together and beat him? Could he have forgotten Avengers Endgame? <laughs> potentially, potentially. I don't even know. I I, I think straight in my head, it, it, I, the, the biggest reference was Shaun of the Dead when they are circling the zombie and they're hitting the zombie with the pool cues. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very That's kind of, it was just the, the angle <laughs> and the shot. They were circling the, them, kicking uh, Stormfront when she's on the ground. Right. Um, but yeah. Right. So I was thinking I was it's either that or Voltron were the two things that were coming to my head. Uh, where everybody teams up together versus the bad guy. But anyway. <laughs> James went on to say, I never thought it would happen. But over the last few episodes, Kimiko has become my favorite member of the boys. Mm-hmm. And for a few minutes, I was devastated at her neck breaking. This quickly turned around as she unbroke it, which must have been one of the coolest recoveries since Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On that note, my prediction from a few weeks ago sort of came true. Perhaps a Chris half point. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Although I should have expected a no-show from the cowardly deep, you have to love that scene with A-Train where they flip-flop between being best buds and opponents about three times in the space of a few minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and let's hope for a full recovery for noir after his kryptonite nut-based incident hopefully hopefully we will see him in season three yeah sure yeah definitely james finished with the only issue for me is i was not sure about the whole church storyline which never quite seemed to be properly fleshed out other than a story device and with that ending i'm not sure how much will crop up in the future Mm. Mm -hmm. we'll get back to that in a second Overall, this was a very strong five-star season. Very welcome given the year we have all had. And I just hope we will not have to wait too long for the next one. Personal highlights include the whale scene, love sausage, which may well haunt me for years to come. And above (laughs) all, I will always try to remember, don't be a C-word. Just to add, I really enjoyed the podcast, which made a huge difference in catching some of the many subtleties I could have missed otherwise, especially on the back of the excellent Umbrella Academy. A massive thanks to you all for getting us through the summer and hopefully not too long until our next great show. 
Thank you so much, Jimbo. We really appreciate you listening and thank you for the kind words about that. Mm -hmm. Kyle Academy, we like to dive deep and get some of those subtleties. On your point uh, regarding love sausage, yeah, that's going to haunt all of us. Uh, well, gonna, not really. Haunt, haunt maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> True. It may haunt or be uh, a welcome accompaniment in your dreams. Either maybe, way, maybe titillate. Yes. <laughs> I did. I did uh, hear that interview with uh, with Carl um, uh, Urban, who was saying about uh, Laz Alonso, who plays uh, Mother's Milk, getting that script for the first time. Uh, go check that out. It's a really, <laughs> a really fun story about when he finds out what happens with Love Sausage uh, in in that scene and his reaction to getting that in the script. <laughs> it's very, it's a very fun story. Uh, I think it's over on the on the Boys After Show. Uh, they they have that discussion. So, <laughs> well, very I- funny. Yeah, I for one would welcome our love sausage overlords. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, uh, in your question around the church Mm storyline, I think, yes, okay, it is a plot device, uh, uh, and that's exactly what it is. I do think it will play out in season three, because you remember the Deep currently is still a member. He He wanted to leave, but he hasn't fully walked out uh, at the end of season three. Mm. Um. So, and there was an agreement between, uh, Edgar and the now deceased church leader. Um, so I, I think it will, it will continue on. It will not be a massive point. Um, but we'll see. I, I think it will somewhat continue because also they need to figure out who killed him. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd certainly like to work out the reason why Newman specifically went and killed him. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that would be interesting just to see that storyline as to yeah, why definitely. she particularly targeted him at that moment. Uh, A train has now gone back. There was certainly the argument between the deep saying, you know, you've stolen all my funds, you've got yeah. access to all my bank accounts, you have everything, and then the twist is that they're going to excommunicate him from uh, from the church just like they did with Eagle the Archer uh, earlier on in the season. They're about to excommunicate the deep, but that discussion is between uh, the two of them. Just before the leader of the church, uh, Adana, loses his head um, from Newman. So uh, so there is, there's a possibility that the Deep may stay. Nobody's heard the conversation, but it sounded like he was just about to be excommunicated <laughs> as well. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I do wonder. There's definitely some options they could play with there with the, with the church then. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Jimbo, as well, for that. I, I really like um, Homelander. I think you're right, Anthony Starr. Absolutely so phenomenal. And I love the fact that how the boundaries have pushed that something that wasn't necessarily considered appropriate for season one, uh, <laughs> made it, uh, so glamorously into the end of season two Certainly. as well. And uh, a bit like yourself. Yeah. Aya Cash. Uh, I don't think I've really seen much of her stuff at all. So, uh, certainly someone who I definitely keep an eye out as well. So, uh, thanks so much for that, uh, Jimbo. Yeah. Just on Aya Cash, she was in a great show called You're the Worst, uh, which okay. is over now, but I absolutely loved it. Um, you'll know she was one of the main characters and it was also with the character, uh, with the actor Chris Gear who was also in Modern Family, Detective Pikachu. You'll know him when you see him. He was okay. in, he's been in a lot of kind of big shows. Um, but it was, it's really good. Will they, won't they, will they, won't they, they will, they won't. They hate each other. They don't hate each other. They're <laughs> terrible people. It's just really good. Ayakash really plays the terrible person really well. But when you see her <laughs> interviewed, she's such a nice person. It's yeah, just crazy is. to see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Thanks so much, Shiba. And thanks, uh, Chris, for that. 
Yeah, thanks, Jimbo. Uh, Sarah Stapleton says, Season 2 was excellent. I like how they made Lamplighter sympathetic, even though he did something truly horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dave Horrocks also says, Brilliant coverage of the boys again. Totally agree about Queen Maeve turning up, being reminiscent of Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman. I actually thought the women team up was done far better and much less forced than the scene in Avengers Endgame. Absolutely top quality series again. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave and Sarah. And um, yeah, I think Lamplighter was really that was a great kind of little cameo within the series mm-hmm. um, for for Lamplighter and just how it fed into Frenchie's storyline as well Absolutely. and with Mallory. I thought was just really really good, and yeah. you, you can. You got that feeling he was trapped, didn't you, really, uh, within the Vought system? Um, it's not to say he wasn't pretty horrific and, and horrible because, yeah, he did kill kids. But I, I suppose there was an element there that he was trying to at least atone in some way, but yeah. he wasn't able to do. And so that's why he helped uh, the boys. This was his moment where he could do something to try and at least make up for that horrible thing from his past and but he just couldn't do that being in the vault system and Um, he didn't accidentally kill kids i remember he didn't go out to kill them that's true as well yeah Yeah, so he did he did uh intend to go out and kill their grandmother who just wasn't in the bed that time so uh so he killed the kids yeah Yeah. and i i agree with you dave um I, i think the women team up here at the end was done really really nicely um for sure it was done it was done really really well but you know i will just say that the one that's in avengers endgame remember all of the women that were in that scene were all from multiple movies multiple franchises doing their cameos and they decided to get them together for the scene. Much different than having your three main actors from a TV show coming together for a scene in the TV yeah. show. So they're all they're all on set at the same time doing that. So uh, so I thought I loved the scene in Avengers Endgame because they were it was just another great moment within all of those great fighting moments. So I really enjoyed seeing it in that scene. So uh, so but thanks again as always for your feedback, Dave. Uh, really good to hear from you. Our final piece of feedback for the episode and for the season comes from Steve Brown over on voicemail. Well, that was a really good final episode. Hey, guys, it's Steve. Uh, just finished watching The Boys, episode eight, and uh, uh, really good. Um, great, great ending there uh, with the reveal of Victoria Newman uh, being the uh, head popper. <laughs> so, um, wow, uh, to keep on format. Let's see. Uh, this is my seven moment um Gosh, uh, it's gotta be, uh, it's, it's gotta be for me. It's gonna be just the, the turnaround of Maeve, uh, showing up there at the end, uh, to save the day or help the day out there with, uh, fighting Stormfront. And, uh, my boys moment, uh, of course, was as soon as, uh, Stormfront broke, uh, the, the woman's neck, uh, uh, what's your name? Yumiko. Uh, anyway, I uh, I knew I said, "Well, yield. She should just come right back, right?" So that was that was cool to actually see that in play. And, and I don't think it's ever been brought up. I don't think anybody's ever actually talked about it on the on the show. So that was kind of cool. Um, overall, though, uh, I like that they kind of they kind of didn't really set up anything for a third 
season. I don't know if maybe when they when they were filming it, they didn't know they were going to get a third season. So uh, they really can go almost wherever they want in the next. And obviously, they have some source material to work with as well. But uh, yeah, just a really good uh, finale. And uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. All right. Talk to you later. Excellent. Thank you so much, as always, Steve, for sending in your voicemail feedback. Really good to hear your voice. Uh, if anybody else wants to hear uh, some more of Steve's thoughts on Season 2, he's just started his coverage of The Boys Season 2 over on his podcast, Panels to Pixels. Go check it out. I think there are about four episodes in uh, so far to uh, to Season 2 of The Boys. Uh, some great, fun chats there between Mark and Steve uh, on their podcast. Check it out there. Uh, thanks so much, Steve. Yes, thank you so much, Steve. As always, appreciate your your uh, insightful views especially that you follow our format too which is always absolutely we didn't even follow our format for this episode no. <laughs> absolutely yeah uh, thanks so much Steve for the thoughts and to everyone who's sent the thoughts in uh, over the course of the season it's really good to get the um, the different comments ideas theories you name it it's really uh, good stuff so thanks so much to everyone who's contributed to our feedback section over series two of uh-huh. the boys uh, speaking of the second part or series two of the pub quiz and okay. um, <laughs> trying to do a segue right. um <laughs> then it's on to question five of the boys pub quiz fellow quizzes and boys and girls yeah question five Peppa Pig it ain't, but what animal is Terra's special, fluffy, cuddly toy? It is, of course, Pig. Pig. Um, and uh, yes, a piggy um, for a porking, shall Thank we you say. To for putting in your own uh, beep there, John, uh, to, uh, to to censor your own discussions now. That's, a, that's very impressive. That was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a pig for porking. Um, that's what we'll say. On to question six. Uh, yes, we move from meat to lovely dessert. What shampoo does lovable Huey use? It is L'Oreal for kids. Aww. <laughs> uh, and in particular, strawberry smoothie. Uh, don't drink it, kids. Remember, it's chemicals. Um, but for sure, it is, uh, yes, cute little Huey using cute little kitty products for the hair and starlight loved breathing it in that strawberry smoothie (laughs) i have to say it's it's definitely one of my favorite scenes in the series just having butcher and starlight uh, kind of coming together over their love of huey and how nice he is as a human being (laughs) i think it's a nice thing to bring the two of them together as characters just enjoyed the scene yeah uh question seven was what cell is starlight being held in vort tower Uh, it was 42 d yes Uh, dr bob did point out that if you were a 42d you would need a lot of support Uh, (laughs) i was thinking um i think i was about that probably halfway through the first lockdown (laughs) and after baking baking and more baking Mm -hmm. it was literally um the great irish bake-off in our house uh (laughs) from bread to cakes uh yes uh moments on the lips an eternity on the hips as they say for sure (laughs) um yes i think now my ass is a 42d um still but anyway moving on to question eight after my body shape what should you remember and do in the event of a supervillain attack at school? Mm. Whether this will help or not is questionable, but you should always follow the law. And that's not just in the event of a supervillain attack, boys and girls, <laughs> uh, but just in general. Lock all openings, arm yourselves with an authorized firearm, 
and wait for a superhero to arrive. Yes, the mm-hmm. law.、Uh, I do still think it is the weirdest thing. This idea of having school building authorized firearms. Yes,、uh, how utterly weird. Not exactly made up for the show, though, either. Which is、uh, which is probably the craziest thing about it.、Um, that this is something that is in place in a school environment. <laughs> I just find it crazy. But、yeah. we've mentioned before, we're in Ireland.、Uh, nobody really has a farm over here, except for maybe farmers and their moms. And well, I, I think the interesting thing is we've seen a lot of guns fired at a lot of、uh, superheroes in this show, and they. They're not very effective no.、Uh, no. at all. You need、um, f- the Frenchy brand of super anti super villain、uh, sort of tech. I think. Well, exactly, exactly.、Uh, the, the, obviously, the whole point of this scene to call that out again is to comment on the fact that these are just ways of stirring up population into fear to vote for a certain particular group of people. That's the whole purpose of this、exactly. adverse that's in the start of the show,、uh, because they they kind of go. Superhero attacks on or supervillain attacks on schools are definitely going to happen in the future. Even though throughout the series, at least, we have never once seen an attack by a supervillain on a school at all or children in general. So、uh, yeah, I, I love that they've used that as their、uh, as their kind of way of talking about those se- segments. You know, really, really good.、Um, that is the end of our pub quiz questions. Eight questions in all,、uh, one point for each question.、Um, Going through the answers, it looks like we have all six of the people. We that do.、Uh, question four have also gotten all the other four questions、yeah. right as well. So we have six people in for our boys' goodies. We have a six-way tie. So yes, it is names out of a hat to pluck the winner for the boys'. Goodies, which just to、uh, remind you, is a boy's sweatshirt. And、um, there is the omnibus volume one of the boys, as well as a boy's inspired drinking receptacle. <laughs>、uh, I have to say that because they didn't have any, any mugs <laughs> or pint、don't. glasses specifically available from the boys. There are some out there. There's some available on the, on the various places.、Uh, I've seen one that I really like, but I didn't know whether it was going to be available.、Um, When we choose the winner, we will be in contact with them.、Um, we'll get your details for the size、uh, for the sweatshirts, and、uh, and we'll order them and get them delivered directly to your home as well. So we haven't ordered them yet, but they are available. So、uh, yes, yes we need more、um, comic book drinking merch、oh. uh, for sure.、Mm-hmm. Even superheroes need a drink、Definitely. from time to time. Like there's, there's the seven and the boys. Like seriously, just branding a shot glass after each one of the members <laughs> of each、That's、of the sides.、Awesome. Then it gives you fourteen shot glasses, doesn't it? Twelve shot glasses. Yeah, you could、awesome. drink the seven.、Yeah. Yummy. <laughs> so, John, stick your hand into me hat and、uh, and pick out a winner. We've got our Doctor Strange hat as we usually use for our、uh, for our competitions. John、uh, is picking out. The winner and Chris is going to verify that it's being picked out. Yes, it is.、Uh, it is being his hand is going in. It is、it's... deep in there. It is rummaging it around. Oh, he's right up to the elbow now. Yes,、oh, wow. this is a deep pass. This is a deep pass. It, it's and... like he's going into a well. He's pulling、hat. it out like a bloody Huey, and and the winner. For the boys' pub quiz, season two is Sarah Stapleton. Well done, Sarah! Congratulations! congratulations. Yeah,、Very、big、gone. congratulations, Sarah. Well done. We'll be in contact with you to get your details and get those boys' goodies out to you as soon as we possibly can.
Thanks to everybody for entering our boys' pub quiz. We really enjoy uh, setting them. I know John, John particularly loves setting our, uh, our pub quiz uh, questions and answers for the season. So I it's think great to have everybody joining. Yeah, and certainly for the boys, you can really have some good fun mm. with the uh, with the questions and answers. I think as sort of um, demonstrated by running through the questions, <laughs> there, there's so much uh, rudeness to come from a, a good boys' pub quiz question. Yes. But gentlemen, from one pub quiz to the next, I think it's about time we wrap up. Because when I'm talking about our next pub quiz, I'm talking about, I think it's time we tell our fellow listeners, our boys and girls, the industrialists, the fellow defenders, anyone who is joining us, Mm -hmm. what we're covering next. Yes, yes. A little gap uh, after we finish up our discussions about the boys. Uh, we have also just finished up our discussions about Lovecraft Country, which I can just say by our numbers, about a third of people who've watched the boys uh, have watched, well, let's say the number of people, because there's that many people who've watched the boys who've watched Lovecraft Country. But I want to highly recommend that series. Even if you watched the first episode and thought, maybe the show isn't for me, watch the whole series because I think it wraps up really well. It's a really, really good show. Um, John and myself absolutely love covering it. So if you haven't jumped into Lovecraft Country, check it out. Listen to the podcast. That will keep you going for the next couple of weeks. Exactly. And it is the season of Halloween mm-hmm. death. And there is some great um, spine-tingling horror, both real and imagined mm-hmm. in Lovecraft Country. Uh, definitely worth a look if you're interested in, in that, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do have a bit of break, uh, as we said, uh, coming up. The next two shows that we'll be covering, um, we've talked about it many times this year, finally getting close to a release date for the first of Marvel shows on Disney+. Plus. WandaVision is coming to Disney+. Plus By the end of this year, we don't have a release date just yet. Um, they are currently uh, just on the cusp of releasing The Mandalorian Season 2, which will be coming out from uh, 30th of October. That'll come out weekly, and we're suspecting that around the end of Mandalorian was, is when WandaVision will start airing its first episodes. Again, we believe it's going to be going weekly, so probably thinking towards the end of November for that. Uh, going into going into December, and that'll be I think that's about eight to ten episodes so that'll be going into twenty twenty one. Yeah, our fellow defenders will be very pleased uh, for the return of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am sure uh, we will also have our fellow Gothamites involved as well uh, for our other show. Yeah, absolutely. Season two of Pennyworth uh, will be coming out from December twelfth uh, on Epics in the US. Uh, I think it came out on Amazon Prime in the UK um, as well. So uh, not sure of the timing of the UK release, but we'll be definitely covering it alongside the US release uh, from December twelfth. Really looking forward to seeing what happens with Alfred Pennyworth uh, as that season progresses because we were when we talked about that show we said it built from you know a very kind of what's this show trying to accomplish kind of place uh, and it built and built and by the end of the series we were really loving the characters and what they built uh, in that show so uh, really looking forward to getting back to that as well so there's our two big shows that we're covering guys are you which ones you're interested in I know Chris you're probably going to be joining us for one division right oh yeah Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm a sitcom fan. I'm a 90s kid. I'm an 80s kid in terms of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, this is going to be it. This is everything for me. That yeah. Yes. Really looking forward to uh, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, certainly given it has the, the tie in, or at least it did do, um, but the tie in to the Doctor Strange uh, 
sequel um in the marvel movie universe mm-hmm. uh, the so multiverse of madness, um, the multiverse of mm-hmm. madness so i'm really pleased to see um one division for sure yeah. and i just I'm really, really liked the the pleasantville vibe from that trailer that we saw so mm-hmm. i cannot wait to see that uh, and i'm really looking forward to pennyworth as you say it um really built quite nicely and it is a lovely kooky and weird um kind of show to be honest uh so i really kind of i'm looking forward to see what they do with season two uh, of pennyworth for sure sure that gets away with a lot we were surprised about how how adult it was uh, as the as the show went on they're definitely doing a lot of uh, a lot of very interesting stuff one thing about one division that i'm really excited about is this shows the statement of intent really from Marvel. It's the first yeah. one that's being released. We thought Falcon the Winter Soldier was going to be the first one released. Um, when all the schedules are being put together, uh, that will be coming up uh, early in 2021. Hopefully they've, they've gone back filming. They're hopefully closing that down pretty soon, finishing it up. So we're expecting that in 2021. But you could kind of see how Falcon and Winter Soldier was going to go. You kind of have a basic template being they're based off the best of the Marvel films, all the Captain America movies. So you kind of had an idea of how that storyline and how the show was going to go with one division. I really don't know how it's going to, how it's going to hang together. I don't really know the, the, how the story is going to go. So if this is the one you're coming out of the gate with in Marvel, you're going to be saying, this is the type of things we can do with Marvel TV on Disney plus. Mm. We know how much money they're putting into star Wars with the Mandalorian. We know how, how, big budget that is and how well it hangs yeah. with the, that movie universe and this is the first time marvel are, are doing that with their own company really because remember all the netflix shows over netflix aren't as connected to the movies as these are supposed to be and the abc shows like the wonderful edges of shield not as connected to uh, the movies as these disney shows are supposed to be so that's the one thing that really has me interested in what's going to happen on wandavision yeah i'm just personally i like Based on what they're doing and the the, the apparent storylines they're doing and things like that, the rumors, the people involved, the the quirkiness. I like. I've watched the trailer. I I I I broke and I watched the trailer. I don't know how many times I watched mm-hmm. it. It was just. It looks fantastic. It looks. It's really interesting. Just yeah. fantastic. And the one fear I have is because this is going to be so quirky. Mm. Um, is that. We do know we do know that Falcon and the Winged Soldier is coming, and that's going to be such a different show. Mm-hmm. It's they, like it, it is very much the, like we're going to have some horror, we're going to have some um, comic book ones, we're going to have some very thriller based ones. Uh, so we're going to have like your your Captain America Civil Wars uh, and your Winter Soldiers, literally those types of films, versus your Guardians of the Galaxies, mm-hmm. which and they're going to be just so. The dichotomy is going to be so different, um, but based on the actors, the actresses, the 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 level of detail and kind of their their the 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 polish that they will be putting on these, I have mm-hmm. no doubt that I'm going to love it. Obviously, I, I there's always there there can always be something, but absolutely. But you know, I think what we're experiencing with these shows is that marvel studios put all of those films out there put all of the mcu movies out there so they've been really good at at making all of those things that looked disparate from the posters or from the basic concept all kind of fit together into one universe so it'll be interesting to see how they carry that on uh into the tv shows excellent stuff those are two big tv shows and they are big tv shows both of them even though one uh, may have 
quite a few less viewers than the other in mm-hmm. Pennyworth Season 2, but uh, it is certainly a good show. Check it out if you uh, if you want to see Season 1. It's now available on Blu-ray and, and DVD, and we have every episode of that covered uh, under our Gotham TV podcast banner or on tvpodcastindustries.com. But, guys, before we close out, since we're not going to be here in anything new for the next couple of weeks, uh, anyway, as we take a little bit of a break after all the podcasting we've been doing, uh, anything you guys have been watching that you'd like to recommend to our wonderful boys and girls that they might be interested in watching? For the spooky season that is in it, uh, I will just uh, highly recommend the Haunting ser- uh, two seasons on Netflix, The Haunting mm-hmm. of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes. Uh, I watched The Haunting of Hill House last year. Absolutely adored it. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, once you watch it once, then go back and watch it a second time because you miss a lot of the things mm-hmm. uh, or the, 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 the background. Uh, and then the current one, uh, which is The Haunting of Bly Manor, is an adaptation of uh, Turn the Screw. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. With uh, There's a fantastic UK uh, actor, uh, Raul Coley, um, from iZombie, that some of you will remember. He's a huge nerd, like all of us. Loves Star uh-huh. Wars, loves... Uh, unfortunately, does like uh, football and supports Liverpool, but we can't hold on against people. <laughs> And um, now, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I, I jest. I jest this at my co-host on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor um, is my current Halloween type thing. I w- Very quickly, I'm also going to say um, I'm currently reading a lot more at the moment mm-hmm. because we are in lockdown. And I'm doing um, the Mark Miller run. Um, based on a lot of his, because Miller World, his properties have been picked up by Netflix. They're all mm-hmm. different stages of production and things like that in Netflix. And so I've done Prodigy, which is being made into a feature film, which is fantastic. Interesting. And Magic Order, which is uh, becoming a, a full TV series, TV show, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I think it's the writer's room has been put on hiatus at the moment, but it's coming. Right. Uh, and then they, to my understanding, they've finished filming Jupiter's Legacy, which is a, mm. a fantastic run as well. And if you really want to watch it, he wrote Wanted, which mm-hmm. is completely different from the TV, the film that we all would have watched back in the day. The, the, the comic book is fantastic. So fantastic. just doing that, if you, if you need a bit of light reading while you in between your shows and everything. That's interesting interesting i'd highly recommend if you are watching the haunting uh, tv shows check out strange indeed uh with Remem and paik They're, they've covered uh season one and season two of of the haunting of uh bly manor they're currently on at the moment i think they're on episode four they're doing that weekly uh check them out some of my uh my good friends uh covering that show i will say just a slight thing about bly manor with the haunting of hill house i couldn't put it down because i was really enjoying every episode it was exciting and scary and enjoyable yeah. I felt like Bly Manor because it came from the same people. I wanted to watch it until it got good and it did get good. That's the way yes. I'd probably say it. it I was pushing through. Burn. Yeah. I, well, it's a slow, it's a slow yeah. build up for sure. And I think but it's like episode three, I was kind of going, Oh, this isn't as good as the first season. And then it got to a point where I was going, yes. okay, actually it's, it's really good. So, uh, it's, so we'll say that. I think that's also to do with, uh, and I know we're derailing slightly, but it's to do with the, the adaptation of the book itself. Because it does lend heavily from Turn the Screw. And yeah. the whole thing about Turn the Screw is it's actually very much towards the end of that gothic horror that you figure everything out and everything yeah. revealed. Turning of the Screw is is fantastic. Yes. And I think Bly Manor is really, really good. Um, 
I think and I love the housekeeper um in in Blind Man. I think she's someone who really comes through um the 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 show and and yes. the series. So yes. really really liked um the, um the housekeeper played by Tania Miller mm. um as uh, Mrs. Gross um mm-hmm. really really great and uh, yeah just it's it's those spooky house movies. I love them. Uh, yeah. So Bly Manor, um, you know, Hell House from Richard Matheson. Yeah. Good book to read as well. Um, as well as the first series, The Haunting of Hill House as well. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, what am I uh, really interested in? Again, it is the the time of spooks, ghouls and, 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 and frights uh, this time of year. And certainly as well, just to feed into our dreadful podcast where we've been looking at Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Um, I am absolutely loving The Kingdom over on Netflix at the moment. The zombie uh, series now into its second series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just six episodes um, per per season yeah. and uh, based in um, in Korea back um, so what. I'd say maybe 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really interesting. Um, and it's a, a nice new take on, on zombies. Yeah. Um, I, I like it a lot. Uh, and it's really interesting yeah. as well because it's based in, um, Korea. And like with the train to Busan, I think the Koreans can do a really good horror. Uh, yeah. And there's some really good stuff in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. I must say, I was surprised at how funny I find some of the scenes. They, the comedy actually works quite well. It's not, a, it's not a comedy show by any means. It is a, it is a horror show and it is a historical show, but they get the comedy and they judge when to put in a little comic moment quite well. So, uh, and it works. It, it seems to hit my sense of humor right. Yeah. And it's, and it's really bite size at, at six episodes. So, uh, exactly. Really, really good. I'm also kind of interested in uh, Hellstrom. Um, Obviously, again, I love the Marvel uh, Supernatural area. And so I really want to check that out uh, as well. And in terms of reads, I am currently i've got it on order with our comic book shop and so i'm not i'm not up to date at the moment but i'm I'm loving the strange academy as well Mm, and the comics the x-men academy type version for dr strange yeah Yeah. exactly but it's really it's really good it's got brother voodoo in there Mm. it's got the 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 young sibling to dormammu uh so i yeah there's some really good stuff in um the strange academy excellent 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 and Derek. I've been watching most of that stuff as well, uh, same, same as you guys. Um, both of you, I think, I've been, I've been watching a lot. I do really want to watch Hellstrom. It's one of the uh, one of the Marvel shows that we haven't covered, um, but I would love to have gotten around to doing it. But I think just everything coming at the same time at the moment, we couldn't uh, couldn't cover Hellstrom, and it's going to be a few more weeks before we get around to it. And they dropped all the episodes at the same time, which we just can't do on this podcast when every episode comes out in the same day. So, um, so we will definitely have a look at it. Hopefully, we'll come back and uh, at least give our thoughts because uh, yes. I've been hearing some good things about it. Uh, so maybe. Yeah. We'll come Definitely. back and thoughts at a later at a later time. Another show that's dropping every episode uh, next week is a pretty anticipated show uh, for most of us here because we're big fans of Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Their first uh, show from their production company, Truth Seekers, is coming out on the 30th of October. Uh, all episodes, all eight episodes being released on Amazon Prime. We are lucky to be able to say that we have seen a few of the episodes. Uh, Amazon Prime sent them to us in advance uh, of the show coming out. I'd recommend it. Um, it's a half-hour comedy show. Uh, Nick Frost is the main character in the show. Um, 
there are some scenes that Simon Pegg comes in on, but he's not really the star of this show. It's not a it's not a buddy cop show like they've had or a buddy side by side buddy show. Uh, he does come. Uh, Simon Pegg comes in for some parts of the show, but he's not a central character. No, I wouldn't say. So this is much more Nick Frost's show. I love Nick Frost. I like most things that he's been in. I think he, he does a really good job uh, of of what he's doing. This show is about um, ghost hunters or he is a ghost hunter. Um, it does have its feet in that kind of central thing that they've always worked together on. It's making sure you get the scares right as well as getting the comedy right. And the balance is pretty good uh, for the show from what we've seen so far. Yeah, we, we've watched the first three episodes. Mm. And uh, it, if you like peg and frost i think you will like it it's it's 30 minute episodes yeah. i think it a bit like with Bly manor and um, certainly i think the first episode uh you know it, it it seems to be building now um we haven't watched the full series yet yeah. but it, it certainly seems to build uh, as you move through the episodes uh, and there are some really good fright moments there are some really good uh just comedy moments uh, as you would expect so Yes, another show for you to delve into and to um, sort of just enjoy in the snug of your home as it starts to get darker, darker and darker. I know, as as we can't go out on uh, Halloween this year, this might be definite. This may definitely be a time to binge a show that uh, that we haven't seen. I think eight episodes of a a comedy uh, comedy ghost story from uh, from Nick Frost is a, is a good good choice, right? Yes, always. Yes. That is it for our coverage of The Boys Season 2. I know it didn't sound like it, like it from the last 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> of the other stuff we've been watching. We did love watching The Boys. We did love watching uh, Lovecraft Country as well. We hope you hope you go over and check that one out if you're looking for something else to watch. Uh, please join us over on TV Podcast Industries later on this year as we discuss WandaVision and Pennyworth. Uh, and as always, if you have any thoughts about any of the shows that we've covered or the podcast itself, email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries. I'll still be monitoring the inbox. I'm sure I'll come back to you. Uh, or if you want to join us over at our Facebook group, you can join us at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you so much. We'll speak to you in a couple of weeks and stay safe. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow boys and girls. As always, a pleasure discussing the boys with you. And just remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep being a warrior. Bye. That's the alternate version of Don't Be a... 